Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching. Whether it's stories and ideas from my own classrooms or lessons I've learned from other educators, I love to explore ways to help students grow and thrive in school and for their educators too as well. So that's what this podcast is. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? Thanks for tuning into episode 34. I love getting to record podcasts for you. Uh, I live here in Michigan. I, I, I often start off podcasts this way, so maybe it's getting a little redundant. But, you know, last year it was in the 80s, 70s and 80s, every day of the week. And it was pure glory. I mean, it was so nice out and and it was it's April here you don't go camping in April but I took my kids camping because it was going to be 80 degrees and then 60 at night and so we slept under the stars and we went fishing and we made s'mores and we ate hot dogs on the fire and it was absolutely perfect and that's it there's no story there there's no conflict it was just perfection in a night and 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 the whole week was just perfect and so I just want to start with that sometimes life is just really good sometimes not right like sometimes it's really hard and and there's just challenges and it is a story there is conflict there's things you have to overcome and there's obstacles but then man sometimes you get hit with that rare 80 degree week in Grand Rapids Michigan and you soak up every bit of it and you take your kids camping and 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 you just you you, you want to do yard work you, you do your work outside all my friends this week that I haven't seen in a couple weeks they were like hey did you go to Florida like you're looking tan I'm like nah I just worked on my deck last week <laughs> like oh it's so so good so wherever you are or whatever you're doing I hope that you are experiencing some real good right now or I hope it's on the horizon for you I hope you're having some fun and you know I was just thinking about the fun that I had last week doing really nothing spectacular just living life and and finding different ways to spice it up because the weather was so good and by the way if you're listening to me from Southern California right now or maybe my home state of Florida maybe you're like I don't get it like why would you freak out because it's 70s and 80s but when you live in the polar vortex, like I do here in Michigan, or my friends that I was with over in Syracuse, New York, or my other friends who live up, uh, that, that uh, those teachers I got to go and visit um, up in... Uh, up in Manitoba, Canada, you know, up at my friends up in Winnipeg. If, if you're one of them, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. When you get those rare glimpses of, of warmth, you, you soak it up and you do whatever you can to enjoy it as much as you can. And man, does that just make life good sometimes, doesn't it? And you know, that's what I actually, I, I'm going to pivot a little bit, but I'm going to kind of try to stay on this strand here. I want to talk about fun, and what it does to us and what it does for students and, and the power fun can have to deepen engagement. Um, and, 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 you know, the reason you know, when I was thinking about what do you want to talk about on the podcast this week? Like what's kind of like brewing inside? What's boiling up and that you want to share? I was just thinking about uh, this winter and, and there's been lots of good, but man, 
sometimes winter is just kind of a drag. Not not all the way, but like when it's just cloudy out all the time and it's cold and all the leaves and color are gone outside and it's not exactly enticing to go out and soak it all up because it kind of looks the same every day and it feels the same every day and you just you're you're anticipating, you're waiting for that next season, the warmth and all of the fun that comes with it to come back and you're just waiting, it's like, yeah, it, it can feel a certain way and it doesn't make you want to engage necessarily as much, but then you get these surprise weeks or even just days where you're like, oh, this is like an invitation. I'm going to, I'm going to soak it up. And when you have that fun, it does something to your well-being. It does something to your mindset. I went to my friend's house last night and uh, it got cold again, by the way, let me just throw that in there. You know, it was 83 degrees on Saturday. On Monday, the high was 40, low of 30. So it got cold again. And it was kind of cold last night, too. It was in the 30s. But I went over to my friend's house, and uh, we, we went in his sauna. So he's got one of those big barrel saunas. It looks like a giant whiskey barrel. But it's actually a sauna you can go in. And so we went and sat in his sauna, and my friend just moved into this new neighborhood. And he's got a big lake behind his house. And we're sitting in the sauna, and you can look out this little glass window and, and we saw the lake and I looked to him and I was like, Dustin, I think, I think we should go jump in that lake right now. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, let, let's go jump in that icy water. Cause it's like 200 degrees in this sauna. So it actually sounds quite nice, but like, let's just go do it. Let's see what happens. And so we just busted out our friends. We just busted out of that sauna and ran down the grass in his new neighborhood. And all of the neighbors are probably thinking like who just moved in here like what are they doing the bunch of like guys in their mid to late 30s sprinting in their bathing suits in 30 degree weather and jumping in this big neighborhood lake that probably hasn't seen a swimmer in a while all of a sudden we just went and jumped in and it was cold and it shocked us and it's muddy and and it's april you don't go swimming in michigan in april well you do sometimes i guess because we went and did that and then went back in the sauna and then stood around the fire pit and it was just so good i can still feel it right now i mean my body was like just humming after this and i'm like man sometimes when you add little elements of fun to something it just elevates the entire experience i mean the sauna was fun by itself and hanging out with my best friends was fun by itself but when you add this extra element to it you know we're gonna go jump in the lake we're gonna get cold we're gonna laugh and we're gonna do it together it just it seems to elevate an experience you know for for my kids they have, I have a nine and a seven-year-old, and they have quite a tendency for making messes. Can anybody relate to that? You know, they'll go down to our basement and pull out toys and start playing, and I love that. Like, we, you know, we have pretty strict regiments on screen time in our house, and, and we want the bulk of their time at home to be spent doing things with their hands and creating and playing and talking and writing and creating and, and, and all of this. And so th they're down there, and we're like, you know what, let, we're always like, just let them play. Um, but there is a requirement that you clean up when you're done and they don't seem to like really latch onto that requirement too uh, as much as we'd like them to at this point. And so just the basement always just gets trashed, just toys and craft supplies and markers and everything all over the place. And, and this is really frustrating because it's usually me going down or my wife going down and saying, all right guys, time to clean up. And, and you know, and it's just, uh, it seems to be more work to ask them to clean up than the actual task of them cleaning up. And, you know, they begrudgingly do it 
because we make them, uh, but it takes forever. And it's like, guys, if you just cleaned up quickly, you could go and do something else. You know, we have an hour till bedtime and you're spending an hour cleaning up instead of just cleaning up and then enjoying whatever else you could do before you go to bed tonight. And, and so it's like this constant battle in one time it was especially bad. I think they had some friends over and like the basement was just like, you couldn't even see the floor. Like you could play floor is lava and, and just hop from toy to toy throughout our ba basement. And so instead of just saying, all right, everybody, let's clean up the mess. I said, all right, guys, I'm going to play you a song from when I was a kid and it's called Space Jam. Like, what Space Jam? Is that with LeBron James? I'm like, no, not that Space Jam. I'm talking about the Michael Jordan MJ Space Jam. I'm going to play you the Space Jam song, and I want to see if you can clean the entire basement before the song ends. And, and again, we're talking about a nine and a seven-year-old. Not too hard to manipulate in these ways, but, and wait, am I being manipulative or am I just being fun? Uh, maybe a little bit of both, but whatever the case is, they bit on to that challenge and I pulled out my Bluetooth speaker or actually, you know what? It was my echo. I said, Alexa, play Space Jam theme song. And all of a sudden I said, wait guys, you may not start cleaning. You cannot start until it starts playing the song. So Alexa says, playing Space Jam by Quad City DJs. Hey, everybody get up. And then it just starts singing and the kids just launched into it and they cleaned up the whole basement in like three minutes and 20 seconds. And I made a really big deal about, come on guys, you got to hurry, hurry. The song's going to end. And they did it and it was awesome. And then every single night since then, it's always like, all right, daddy, can you play a song and we'll clean up to it. And we just pick different songs. Sometimes it's songs like Space Jam. Sometimes it's Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. Sometimes we do ridiculous songs like Perry Griff and it's raining tacos, whatever it is, we just have this routine now to where I'm going to play a song and you got to get this whole space cleaned up before it ends. And they do it. They engage with what we ask them to do. And I swear the reason they do it, they know it's a trick, right? Like my, my kids are smart. They know that daddy's kind of making them do it, but adding some fun to it. But the truth is they do it because it's fun, right? We do things largely a lot of the time because it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's entertaining. It adds this spice to life. And when we can find ways to spice things up, adding not necessarily massive things, but just little elements of fun, it can have a huge impact on how we engage. And my kids are honestly better at cleaning up now, even when we don't play music. Because sometimes I'm like, guys, let's just go. I don't have the speaker. Let, we're just cleaning up. Or, hey, you made this huge mess and I asked you not to make a huge mess. Just need you to clean it up. They're actually better at it now. They practiced so many times with the music when there was this fun element that now it's a little bit more second nature. And, and, and this is what fun can do. And it's the same in the classroom. If we can find ways to just spice something up, not necessarily blow the walls off your classroom, blow, blow the doors out and, and all of a sudden like make everything this fun, engaging, bombastic experience. That's not what I'm talking about. But when we can add elements of fun to what we do, it has this true impact on how students engage. You know, for instance, one time I was teaching high school freshmen uh, and we were doing Romeo and Juliet. So we were reading Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. And before the unit began, I told students, hey, guys, have you ever heard of 90 second movies? And they said, no. And I said, all right, well, so I want to show you an example of one. And I pulled up a YouTube video of where somebody acted out the entire story of Titanic 
in under 90 seconds. And so it, it, it and so they just basically condensed every major scene into like four seconds, five seconds each. And they just sped through the whole story of Titanic. And it's kind of funny. And, and they're like, I'll never let go, Jack. I'm flying. And it's just moving over and over and over. And, and then Rose doesn't scoot over on the door for Jack, even though there was more than enough room for both of them. And Jack sinks and the, the story's over and she drops the diamond in the end. So it, they do the whole story in 90 seconds. And it's really funny. It tells the whole story really, really quickly. So I told students, hey, guys, we are going to read through Romeo and Juliet together but you're going to be in groups. And every time we read afterwards, your group is going to summarize what we read together. And then you're going to put it in your own words and you're going to kind of script it out. And you're going to tell the whole story of Romeo and Juliet in 90 seconds or less. And you're going to do it by making a movie at the end of this unit. And so every time we read, make sure you're paying attention. You're understanding what it's about because you're going to go and transform what you read into your own version of it. And when I say your own version, everybody, that means you can tell the Romeo and Juliet story kind of really within any genre that you want. And so I want your group to be thinking about how can we creatively tell the story to anybody who wants to watch it and learn about Romeo and Juliet in 90 seconds or less. So that's what we did. And for that whole unit, we did the whole summarizing thing. And then at the very end, I gave them a day to go and film their film their uh, Romeo and Juliet stories. And they could use they could use their phones to film them. And I would give them space throughout the school. I checked in with my principal and he said, yeah, go use the school. And so students just kind of spread out in school and they filmed their 90 second videos. And then the next day I gave them complete open time to edit them. So two days to produce these films, but it went a lot quicker because they scripted every single act of the play. Like it was all scripted out. They came up with a plan. They had storyboards and they went and filmed and produced these films. And then on the very last day of this unit, this project, I popped some popcorn for them. I brought in some po microwavable popcorn. We popped a bunch and we turned off the lights in the classroom. We pulled down the projector screen and we watched their 90 second films. And so for that class period, we watched Romeo and Juliet, the zombie version. It was just a bunch of zombies acting out the play. And then we did, uh, one group did Romeo and Juliet, except they filmed it all with Barbie dolls. And so, <laughs> and so they just filmed like close up of Barbies acting out the whole play. I had one group do like Friday Night Lights version of it. And they went out to the football field and the balcony was up on the bleachers. I had one group, they, they, they played Fortnite together and they knew the course really well and so they acted out all of Romeo and Juliet on Fortnite and then they provided voiceovers for the characters and so they would have you know one of the characters in the video game go up onto a balcony and look down and then another character <laughs> walk up and then they did they provided all of the voiceovers for it and and we watched these films and it was awesome and they loved it and they laughed and they were proud of what they made and and we put a few of them on YouTube because they wanted other people to see them and that was it. And, and so I just want to say, after that, they took a test about Romeo and Juliet. And then there were some multiple choice options and some short answer. And it looked very much like every other school test on Romeo and Juliet. It was, it was still school. And so they had this academic portion, but they all did better on this test because they all put a lot of thought and energy into understanding what each act and and uh, about the whole play was about they understood it because they had to summarize it and then they had to put it in their own words and they had to think about how they could incorporate their genre into it they had to think deeply about it 
Um, and, and so they did well on the test, but the test isn't why they did. They learned so much about Romeo and Juliet. It wasn't the test wasn't the primary motivator for showing up and engaging in class throughout that that three week unit or whatever it was. No, the primary motivator was this fun video they were making. That's what drove it, was this, this element of joy tied into the academic experience. Now, when you look back, when I look back at this unit, it's like, yeah, there was a little bit of extra investment on my part as the teacher to add this fun element. I had to cut out a day for them to go and film, and I had to cut out a day for them to go and produce and edit these, and, and there was some, you know, some extra work, and, and then we had a day of watching it. And so, yeah, there was three days that, that were dedicated to the quote-unquote fun element of this project. But that seemed worth it to me. Because when I said, all right, guys, we just read this act together. Now I want you to summarize it with your group. I probably would have had them do that anyway, right? That's a pretty typical thing you might do with students when they read a chapter of something together corporately or when they, you know, read Shakespeare. It's like, all right, summarize the act. Put in your own words. Demonstrate your understanding. I would have had them do it anyway. And so now when they're doing it, it's tied to this fun element. And fun engages us more. Like I said, my kids would have cleaned up the basement anyway, but now there's a fun reason to do it. My students would have learned about Romeo and Juliet anyway, but now there's a fun element to it. And so it's really actually not that much of an investment, except now when students are doing it, there's this purpose to it. I'm not just learning this because my teacher said so. I'm not just learning this because it's in the common core. I'm not just learning this because I need to get a good grade on the quiz. I'm learning this because it's made for something else. I'm creating something. I'm making something. I'm, I'm doing something other than just sitting and getting information so I can put it down on a test. I'm, I'm getting this information so I can do something. You know, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but I love it. It's... Um, Oh, who said it? I'll have to Google it. Uh, it, it. You know what? I got a laptop in front of me here in the public library where I, uh, where I record these podcasts. Um, so I'm going to just Google it for a moment. I guess I could pause the podcast and edit this, but I bet you'll be patient. I see and I... Oh, that's what it is. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here's a quote from Confucius. I hear and I forget. I see and I remember, I do and I understand. I'll say it one more time. This is from Confucius, or at least according to BrainyQuote.com. I hear and I forget, I see and I remember, I do and I understand, right? Like we want our students to understand what we have for them. And one of the best ways to do that is to add this kinesthetic element to, hey, we're not just learning it and keeping it in our brains. We're going we're gonna to express our learning with our hands as we create, with our bodies as we act it out, with, with collaboration and connection and relationship with others. We're going to do something with it, and then we're actually going to remember it because it's, it's, it's being understood. It's actually going to stick with us. And, and, and does it always have to be fun to make it purposeful? No, not necessarily. But I can tell you, when you add fun, when you make school something students want to be a part of, they engage deeper, and there is just a copious amount of research that shows the correlation between engagement, student engagement, and the depth of their learning and their success in school and beyond. 
And so I think this is what adding fun does. You know, one time uh, we were doing a project, we were learning about refugees and, and, and what, what they were experiencing in our town. And uh, my co-teacher and I, Danae, Danae, if you're listening, you're the best. Danae and I told our students, uh, we, we were doing this big shoe drive because we learned through a guest speaker that um, proper footwear in Michigan is something that a lot of refugees lack when they get here. There's way too many refugees in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who are forced to wear sandals in January because they haven't been provided shoes to keep their feet warm. So at least for the first couple weeks or days, they're wearing improper footwear until they can get what they need. And so my students, we asked them, hey, let's raise as many shoes as possible for refugees. And, and we're going to give them and, and we're going to tie it all into the content and the work we're doing in this class. But we're going to do a shoe drive. And I told my students, or me and Danae told our students, we said, if we can raise enough, if we can collect enough shoes that they stack up and touch the ceiling of the classroom, we will do a polar plunge. And if you're not a versed in polar plunges, we will jump into ice water in the middle of February. And so you better believe within seven days of starting this project, there was a pile of shoes touching the ceiling and Danae and I put on our bathing suits in February and a, a parent brought in a massive, massive, like 600 gallon container and we filled it with ice water and it sat on the parking lot all week long and got a layer of ice across the top and we had to crack it and, uh, and, and we had to do a polar plunge. And it was so cold and it was so ridiculous. And the whole school came out and, and it was just so icy. And, and the students loved it, right? They just loved this project because it was fun, right? It's, it was joy-based. It, it was made for them. It was made, and, and yet it also raised lots and lots of shoes for people in our community. It served all of these purposes and it drove the learning of that unit. You know, I, th this is why I think it's just worth spending time looking at every unit we plan. And I mean this, t challenge yourself with this. Look at every single learning unit that you have planned for students. Not every single lesson, but every learning unit and ask, where is an element of fun I can tie into this unit? And just asking that question and seeing where it comes out. Maybe brainstorm with others. Maybe do some deep thinking and maybe do some Googling. Maybe use ChatGPT to get some ideas, artificial intelligence. Whatever it is, spend some time thinking about how can I add an element of fun to every unit that we're going to cover throughout this school year. Again, that doesn't mean everything has to be fun because that's not how work, life works, right? There's lots of life that's kind of mundane and boring and not exciting. And that is absolutely okay. Some of the best learning, some of the best growth happens when we are bored. And so none of what I'm talking about today is to say, hey, you got to make everything in your curriculum exciting. Nope, that isn't realistic to like the, what the world actually looks like. It's not realistic for you to be able to plan something like that. And, and it's actually maybe not that beneficial. I was looking at some research that says that, that, that too much unplanned or organic fun in the workplace can, can actually cause anxiety for people and not be productive. And so, no, you don't have to make everything fun, but what if you had this fun or purposeful element incorporated in every unit you have to ensure that, hey, students are getting opportunities to enjoy being here and in this learning experience. And you know what? This fun, the, the, the way that fun engages students, that also applies to adults. And that's why we jumped in the lake after the sauna.
That's why one time, gosh, it was the most memorable back to school PD week I'd ever been a part of. I was, um, uh, I was at a, a high school that I was, I was a teacher at and um, we all showed up for our back to school PD at, in August and we were all expecting a guest speaker or maybe some type of technology training or I mean we were all praying for some time in the classroom to get ready for the school year but we didn't know exactly what to expect but you'd had a pretty good idea that it was going to be one of those things um, and so we all got there and we were ready for our PD and our principal comes out and he's and his name's Scott and he, Scott goes hey everybody we are not going to do a traditional day of PD today. Instead, we're going to go to Craig's Cruisers. And, and if uh, you don't live in West Michigan, Craig's Cruisers is the birthplace of fun. Because for that PD, we did nothing but race each other on go-karts and fight each other in laser tag and play arcade games and just had nothing but fun. It was just pure joy. And yeah, there was some team building in laser tag and, and, and there was some friendly competition happening in the go-karts. And you could definitely draw some comparisons and learn some life lessons from uh, what we did in that PD. But really... What it was really about, especially like when we were at that all-you-can-eat buffet at Craig's Cruisers and just pounding pizza and, and, and just laughing and sitting around. Really, I think what Scott was trying to do when, when he allocated like, what, $3,000 from the school's PD budget? I don't know, I'm guessing. When, when he planned a time for 60 high school teachers to go race each other in go-karts and, and battle on the laser tag, cor tag course, like what, what I think ta Scott was really going for was he wanted us to have fun. Because Scott understands that when you have fun, you're being a little bit more human. You're, 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 you're experiencing joy, right? Like, and we want that, we need it. It's part of our experience here. And so we have got to lean into it as well. We've got to find little moments of fun, you know, and that's why, you know, having silly moments with other teachers in school, having traditions, having routines, making potlucks, hanging out and having good times in the staff lounge, planning time for after school to grab drinks or snacks or whatever it is. Incorporating fun into your work will help you engage with it deeper. And there's lots of research that shows that as well. There's, there's research that shows that when there is elements of fun tied into our daily work life, that has a huge impact on attrition rates. People quit and leave their jobs less when they can identify fun moments in their day at their work. And so find them in yours. Find ways to have fun. You know, one of the very simple things that I always, always have done when students walk into the classroom is I've always played um, just music, just joyful, silly music. And so whether it's Taylor Swift or Mumford and Sons or Eminem or Jay-Z or, or whatever, or, or just ridiculous songs from my childhood, like Sandstorm, Techno, whatever it is, we play music and, and, and I've always, I always did that. And students walk in and they just know that it's coming and it sets the tone. It's just a little bit of fun. And sometimes a little bit of fun goes a long way. And so if you are an educator, I hope you can find opportunities to incorporate fun into what you plan for students. And I hope you can also find opportunities to plan fun and experience fun in your own work because it engages us more and more and more in the same way that ridiculous songs help get my, my kids to clean up the basement faster, in the same way I got to jump in an icy lake last night with my friends, in the same way they acted out Romeo and Juliet with Barbie dolls. I hope that we can find ways to do that in our own lives and plan those for our students.
So anyway, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I had a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, hey, if you are still listening right now and uh, you enjoy this, you'll like some of my other content. I make lots of videos and uh, I just created a new video page on my website. It's uh, uh, trevormuir.com slash videos where you can go and just check out uh, lots of the different videos I've make and that I'm going to continue to make and I upload there. Uh, it's also all on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to me on YouTube, I would be so happy to hear that you are subscribing and follow along. Um, you can also read my blog at trevormuir.com or follow along on social media pretty easy to find there so would love to connect with you more thanks for listening to this podcast it's such a joy to make my name is trevor muir and this is the epic classroom thanks everybody talk to you next time we